0: Today on CityCast Denver. It just keeps happening. Another Black man was killed by police this week in Minnesota. The uprisings begin, and then lawmakers talk about police reform. Does it really make a difference? Here in Colorado, legislators are trying to further limit the police's ability to use lethal force. My hope is that we don't have to mourn another person's death.
1: We don't have to have another hashtag for someone who died at the hands of law
0: enforcement. Today is Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Today, more of what I call grumpy Denver weather. Partly cloudy skies, highs in the 40s, and possible rain and snow in the evening. Colorado health officials have halted use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The CDC and FDA announced an investigation after six women experienced blood clots after getting vaccinated. Colorado received very few doses of the J&J shot this week, so officials promise that most vaccine clinics will not be significantly affected. City Council voted Monday to approve $1.6 million in funding for Urban Peak. The agency is the only provider of shelter space specifically for minors experiencing homelessness in the city. More young people staying housed is a housing win for everyone. In huge bummer sports news, if you caught the Nuggets game earlier this week against the Warriors, you saw the painful exit of Jamal Murray. The star point guard suffered a torn left ACL. Murray is expected to be off the court for the next nine to twelve months. We wish him a healthy and speedy recovery. Murray got hit. It was really painful to watch, honestly.
1: And Murray's down and hurt. Oh my goodness! If you've ever
0: hurt your knee, and you know that feeling. It was horrible, horrible. It's enraging, exhausting, and honestly, it's bullshit. Another police officer murdered a young black man and said it was an accident. Dante Wright was shot and killed in Minnesota this week during a traffic stop. And here in Colorado, state lawmakers are addressing our own history of police violence. They're working to build off a sweeping police accountability bill from last summer. That bill covered a lot of things, so here's a quick refresher. 2020's Enhanced Law Enforcement Integrity Bill was created to do things like limit the use of deadly force, it required officers to hold each other accountable, and it stripped some levels of qualified immunity away. Qualified immunity is that thing that used to protect officers from being sued as individuals.
1: I am very proud to say that we have made monumental gains in the right direction, strides in the right directions for equality and for justice, but we are not done. This bill is not in the work. And I stand here with the community to say that we need to divest in law enforcement.
0: Now, Representative Leslie Herod and her colleagues are looking to further address law enforcement accountability with new legislation. Representative Herod, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about House Bill 1250. And I'd love to just start by, could you give us a brief rundown about what House Bill 1250 is? Sure. House Bill 1250 is basically an extension
1: of uh, Senate Bill 217, which was our Law Enforcement Accountability Act. Um, this bill is the follow-up from that bill last year, which provides some needed clarification and definitions, also um, expands our use of force definitions to really limit the use of lethal force by law enforcement officers, um, and expands, for instance, what we mean by a a weapon. So we're including um, batons, tasers, and others in our reporting requirements. And so really, this bill builds off of the work that we've done previously, which was to end qualified immunity for law enforcement prohibition to include state troopers um, and CBI, And it clarifies definitions around body cameras to be very clear that a body camera must be worn at all times when interacting with a member of the public or basically a civilian um, and that it cannot be turned off and on. But, for instance, you don't have to have it on when you're sending an email, things like that. And so we have some clarifications here in this bill and some expansions.
0: And why did you think the new bill was necessary now? Was that just after the other bill went into effect, you sort of saw the things that needed to be fixed or amended to be more effective?
1: You know, this bill is necessary and so many other bills to come because we have so much more work to do to ensure that um, innocent people who are just walking home or coming from the grocery store or driving their cars are not abused by police, are not murdered by law enforcement, uh, but also that their constitutional rights are being upheld. So they're not even the victims of, you know, unlawful search and seizure and things like that. And so that is what we're doing with this bill. And that is what we're doing with law enforcement accountability across the state.
0: Have you heard from the community at all since the last bill was passed in um, the summer of last year? Have you heard directly from your constituents that any of this is making a difference when interacting with police?
1: You know, we have had a mixed bag when it comes to uh, interactions with police. What I have heard um, is from police chiefs across the state, certain police chiefs who have said, yes, this bill is having an impact. We have retrained our staff. We have retrained our law enforcement. Um, We have certain law enforcement members who have chosen to leave early because they may not like these new requirements. um, And that's a good thing, you know, Um, they've also we've also seen in the courts cases move forward that would have been struck out um, because of qualified immunity. And so we have seen people be able to start their path to justice um, through this bill. Uh, additionally, the provisions of uh, post certification rev- revocation, so taking away their opportunity to be a law enforcement officer anytime in the future moving forward. We have seen all of these provisions make a difference, um, and they are working and they are in place. Some of the provisions still um, have to be implemented, um, and so there are some that have a window. We're still working on those, but by and large, um, the community is supportive of our efforts to reform law enforcement. They believe that what we have put in place is reasonable, a reasonable expectation for law enforcement. And I think they expect us to continue the work so that everyone can feel safe in our communities.
0: A lot of this bill, like many bills, is really about interpretation of language. And part of the bill says officers can only use deadly force as a last resort. And maybe this is an obvious question, but what does deadly force mean in the context of this bill? So
1: this would be that lethal force. So that would be um, okay. shooting to kill, for instance, um, and that that cannot be utilized uh, unless it's it's a last resort or imminent death or danger, of course. I mean, we're not asking our law enforcement officers to put themselves or members of the public in harm's way, um, but we are asking them to take a beat and think um, before harming the community. And I will say, again, that these are things that uh, law enforcement, most law enforcement is already doing. It's those few cases when they're not um, that we find issues and that we really see the, the most tragic outcomes. And so, what we're trying to do is limit all of that to ensure that that does not happen.
0: And how would this apply if we're looking at situations that have happened right in front of our eyes but didn't involve guns, like what happened with George Floyd and the use of ketamine with Elijah McClain here in Aurora? Where does that fit in with that lethal force and last resort idea? So in
1: Senate Bill 217, we banned the choke holds and carotid holds. So those are now banned. And if an officer uses them, they they will be outside of the scope of their duties. And so they'll have civil and criminal penalties associated with them. So that one was taken care of. Ketamine is one we are addressing at this time. We have House Bill. 1251 um, that has been introduced that will likely be heard the same day as House Bill 1250. Um, and that bill will severely limit the use of ketamine in
0: the field for law enforcement purposes. So it's being addressed separately as well, like in addition to this bill. Okay. Um, and I know you've had some pushback from your colleagues across the aisle with this bill. Do you expect that the, the last resort clause to, to get bipartisan support? Or how do you view that that part of this conversation?
1: Well, the interesting thing is, I'm so glad you asked me this. The interesting thing is that uh, Senate Bill 217 was supported with bipartisan support. People think it was just Democrats, but it was not. It was Republicans who came on and signed on and even co-sponsored the bill. Um, And so I am working on House Bill 1250 with the full intent that I will be working alongside of my Republican colleagues to find the right interplay. I look forward to that conversation. I do think this bill will have bipartisan support.
0: And from the community perspective, I I know that you you are firmly rooted in community and that's really what drives what you do. What do you hope the community gets out of this particular bill? I hope that with this bill and the
1: other bills that we have been introducing and passing um, around law enforcement accountability, my hope is that we don't have to mourn another person's death. We don't have to have another hashtag for someone who died at the hands of law enforcement. At the end of the day, these folks are people, they are are children, they are husbands and wives and family members, and their lives matter, right? Like their lives are, are, are sacred and we have to treat folks as such. And so it's my hope that with these measures in place, Colorado can lead the way not on excessive force payouts or lawsuits by families who have lost their loved ones, but instead that we are in the back of the pack and we actually have a much higher standard and quality of law enforcement officers in our communities.
0: And it looks like the next hearing for this bill is April 21st. And I always like to give listeners something they can do. So what can listeners do who want to support this bill or feel strongly about it? How can they get involved?
1: Please email your legislator and tell them to support 1250 and 1251, which is the ketamine bill. Let folks know that this is important and that you stand behind efforts to ensure that we have the highest quality law enforcement officers in our communities if they're there. Uh, I think that is so very important. You can make a difference by reaching out and letting folks know now that you support these efforts.
0: Thank you so much, Representative Herod. This has been a great explainer of I mean, bills can be pretty hefty when we're looking at all of the different things it can do, but getting into the weeds a little bit, I think helps, especially, you know, those of us that are watching alongside our, as the constituents, what's really going on. And this has been really helpful.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to chatting with you again.
0: If you feel strongly about this bill one way or the other and want to contact your legislator, we've put a link in our show notes to help you find their email. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our excellent morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. In huge bummer sports news. That sounded rude. In huge bummer sports news.